Good morning, Sonship. Welcome to A Course in Miracles Daily Reading Conference Call, where we read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. Today we're in the Manual for Teachers. We're reading Section 23, Does Jesus Have a Special Place in Healing? And 24 is Reincarnation True. Hmm. You may access an original edition by going to jcim.net. And Reverend Rita, do you have any updates from the site that we should know about? You know, I was just wondering myself, and actually I'd like to mention that we had great success on the 20% off grand opening of our new store and holiday sale. However, today is the 28th, and this sale ends on, of course, Thursday midnight on the 31st. So take advantage. It only happens once a year. Uh, we, you know, uh, every item, all items are 20% off, and this year, there's no shipping. Uh, I mean, it's free shipping. So uh, we've, in the past, we still had that shipping cost on there, but now it's free shipping. So I would take advantage of that, and you know, as gifts or whatever, you know, <laughs> give it to your friends, etc. So thank you. I think that's um, that's it. Now I am working on the magazine. Uh, we will see a new format for the daily lessons coming out January 1st. It's mobile responsive. Looks the same on all your devices, and I'm working toward a magazine. It's starting that once again. It, it stopped uh, in the summer. I'm not sure. I think the summer of 2014. But if you have any articles I do want to mention, please send them to me. Any ideas for what you would like to see in the magazine, send those to me. It's um, my emails at on jcim.net at the bottom. So hope hope I get your submissions. Art, music, articles, all course related. Thank you so much. Hope to see that come in. And remember, our sale has four more days. Thank you, Chris. Great. Thank you. Let's see. Uh, We gather Monday through Friday. You know what? Everyone knows all this stuff. So let's, let's do this. We have, so far, Wendy's driving. And in order, we're going to read Josie, Reverend Regia, Lee, Paula, Ida, and Fran. So have I missed anyone? Or would anyone like to say good morning? Good morning, this is Sharon, and I'll be listening this morning. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. All right, Good morning Reverend. to you all. Rob's oh, here. Good morning. Mary's okay. here. I can... Oh, great. Hi, Mary. Are you going to read? Yes. Uh-huh. Terrific. Anyone else? All right, Reverend Rita. Let's pray. Okay. Thank you, Chris. We'll begin our time together this morning by closing our eyes and drawing that awareness within. And we just let our bodies relax for a few moments and feel that peace. Convince our bodies there's nothing that they need to do right now, know where they need to go. It's okay to relax and let go. Relax the breath as well. And then just let our thoughts relax. Don't need to even hold on to any thoughts right now. Just have an open mind, open to receive. It is told that love is being in receipt. If we could only let ourselves receive love, 
in this world, I think sometimes it's difficult for me to understand the concept of unity when all I've ever known is separation. The world I live in is based on separation, and yet I have faith that unity and oneness are the truth. They are reality. Even though I give separate names to God the Father, His Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are one. And this is not understandable in the world of separation. For there, the the Trinity is a very difficult concept sometimes. Today I will open to the idea that I am one with my Creator. I am one with His Son. And I am one with that which joins us all. I open now to the truth of this guidance, the guiding prayer for my life. May it lead me to the home I never left. Quote, This holy instant, what I give to you, be you in charge, for I would follow you, certain that your direction gives me peace. And if I need a word to help me, he will give it to me. If I need a thought, that will he also give. And if I need but stillness and a tranquil, open mind, these are the gifts I will receive of him. He is in charge of by my request. And he will hear and answer me because he speaks for God, my Father, and his Holy Son. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. 23. Does Jesus have a special place in healing? God's gifts can really be received directly. Even the most advanced of God's teachers will give way to temptation in in this world. Would it be fair if their pupils were denied healing because of this? The Bible says, ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Is this merely an appeal to magic? The name does not heal, nor does an invocation call forth any special power. What does it mean to call on Jesus Christ? What does calling on his name confer? And why is the appeal to him part of healing? Josie, one and two, please. God's gifts can rarely be received directly. Even the most advanced of God's teachers will give way to temptation in this world. Would it be fair if their pupils were denied healing because of this? The Bible says, quote, ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Is this merely an appeal to magic? A name does not heal, nor does an invocation call forth any special power. What does it mean to call on Jesus Christ? What does calling on his name confer? Why is the appeal to him part of healing? Two, we have repeatedly stated that the one who has perfectly accepted the atonement for himself can heal the world. Indeed, he has already done so. 
temptation may recur to others, but never to this one. He has become the risen Son of God. He has overcome death because he has accepted life. He has recognized himself as God created him. And in so doing, he has recognized all living things as part of him. There is now no limit on his power because it is the power of God. So has his name become the name of God. For he no longer sees himself as separate from him. Thank you, Josie. Reverend Regia, two and three, please. Okay, two. We have repeatedly stated that one who has perfectly accepted the atonement for himself can heal the world. Indeed, he has already done so. Temptation may recur to others, but never to this one. He has become the risen Son of God. He has overcome death because he has accepted life. He has recognized himself as God created him. And in so doing, he has recognized all living things as part of him. There is now no limit on his power because it is the power of God. So has his name become the name of God, for he no longer sees himself as separate from him. And three, what does this mean to you? It means that in remembering Jesus, you are remembering God. The whole relationship of the Son to the Father lies in Him. His part in the Sonship is also yours, and His completed learning guarantees your own success. Is He still available for help? What did He say about this? Remember His promises and ask yourself honestly whether it is likely that He will fail to keep them. Can God fail His Son? And can one who is one with God be unlike him? Who transcends the body has transcended limitation. Would the greatest teacher be unavailable to those who follow him? Thank you, Reverend Rita. Lee, three and four, please. What does this mean to you? It means that in remembering Jesus, you are remembering God. The whole relationship of the Son to the Father lies in him. His part in the sonship is also yours. And his completed learning guarantees your own success. Is he still available for help? What did he say about this? Remember his promises and ask yourself honestly whether it is likely that he will fail to keep them. Can God fail his son? And can one who is one with God be unlike him? Who transcends the body has transcended limitation. Would the greatest teacher be unavailable to those who follow him? 4. The name of Jesus Christ as such is but a symbol, but it stands for love that is not of this world. It is a symbol that can safely be used as a replacement for the many names of all the gods you pray to. It becomes the shining symbol for the Word of God. 
so close to what it stands for that the little space between the two is lost the moment that the name is called to mind. Remembering his name is to give thanks for all the gifts that God has given you. And gratitude to God becomes the way in which he is remembered. For love cannot be far behind a grateful heart and thankful mind. God enters easily, for these are the true conditions for your coming home. Thank you, Lee. Paula, four and five, please. The name of Jesus Christ, as such, is but a symbol. But it stands for love that is not of this world. It is a symbol that can, that can safely be used as a replacement for the many names of all the gods you pray to. It becomes the shining symbol for the word of God, so close to what it stands for, that the little space between the two is lost the moment that the name is called to mind. Remembering his name is to give thanks for all the gifts that God has given you. And gratitude to God becomes the way in which he is remembered. For love cannot be far behind a grateful heart and a thankful mind. God enters easily, for these are the true conditions for your coming home. 5. Jesus has led the way. Why would you not be grateful to him? He has asked for love, and only that he might give it to you. You do not love yourself, but in his eyes your loveliness is so complete and flawless that he sees it in an image of his Father. You become the symbol of his Father here on earth. To, look, to you he looks for hope, because in you he sees no limit and no stain to mar your beautiful perfection. In his eyes, Christ's vision shines in perfect constancy. He has remained with you. Would you not learn the lesson of salvation through his learning? Why would you choose to start again when he has made the journey for you? Thank you, Paula. Ida, five and six, please. Five. Jesus has led the way. Why would you not be grateful to him? He has asked for love, but only that he might give it to you. You do not love yourself. But in his eyes, your loveliness is so complete and flawless that he sees in it an image of his father. You become the symbol of his father here on earth. To you, he looks for hope. Because in you, he sees no limit and no stain to mar your beautiful perfection. In his eyes, Christ's vision shines in perfect constancy. He has remained with you. Would you not learn the lesson of salvation through his learning? Why would you choose to start again when he has made the journey for you? Six, no one on earth can grasp what heaven is or what it's one creator really means. Yet we have witnesses. It is to them that wisdom would appeal. There have been those whose learning far exceeds what you can learn. Nor would we teach the limitations 
we have laid on us. No one who has become a true and dedicated teacher of God forgets his brothers. Yet what can he offer them is limited by what he learns himself. Then turn to one who has laid all limits by and went beyond the farthest reach of learning. He will take you with him, for he did not go alone. And you were with him then, as you are now. Thank you, Ida. Fran, six and seven, please. Six. No one on earth can grasp what heaven is or what its one creator really means. Yet we have witnesses. It is to them that wisdom would appeal. There have been those whose learning far exceeds what you can learn. Nor do we teach the limitations we have laid on us. No one who has become a true and dedicated teacher of God forgets his brothers. Yet what he can offer them is limited by what he learns himself. Then turn to one who laid all limits by and went beyond the farthest reach of learning. He will take you with him, for he did not go alone, and you were with him then as you are now. Seven, this course has come from him because his words have reached you in a language you can love and understand. Are other teachers possible to lead the way to those who speak in different tongues and appeal to different symbols? Certainly there are. Would God leave anyone without a very present help in time of trouble? A Savior who can symbolize himself? Yet do we need a many-faceted curriculum? Not because of content differences, but because symbols must shift and change to suit the need. Jesus has come to answer yours. In him, you find God's answer. Do you then teach with him? For he is with you. He is always here. Thanks, friend. And Mary, seven, please. This course has come from him because his words have reached you in a language you can love and understand. Are other teachers possible to lead the way to those who speak in different tongues and appeal to different symbols? Certainly there are. Would God leave anyone without a very present help in time of trouble? A Savior who can symbolize himself? Yet do we need a many-faceted curriculum, not because of content differences, but because symbols must shift and change to suit the need. Jesus has come to answer yours. In him you find God's answer. Do you then teach with him? For he is with you. He is always here. Thank you, Mary. The floor is open. Hi, this is Paula. You know, for the many years that I was, I'll call a Catholic, I can't say I was a practicing Catholic, but I was a Catholic in the Word. and I didn't go through the Catholic school route. I went to public school, but I did go to, you know, what they call, you know, God, they call you go for lessons, and I did the com- you know communion and the confirmation and all the rituals. But in all the years, and even up until into my adulthood, not too many years back, 
I always prayed to God. Jesus never resonated in my mind somehow. It was always God. I would pray directly to God. It was like eliminating the middleman in my mind. It was like eliminating the priest in the confessional. It was eliminating Jesus. I was going directly to the big guy, to the big kahuna. <laughs> I had some levity in there. <laughs> and I, I will tell you the truth. Having gone through this book, the curriculum, and I have found Jesus. I have found Jesus. And I've always believed in the Holy Trinity to some extent, but I never really wrapped it all in a nice little bow and looked at it as one. They were still separate parts. But now, having heard his words through this book, and other books that I have read that mirror The Course of Miracles, I have fell in love with Jesus. I love him. I love him because who he is, part of my father, part of me. I, I, I've been meaning to say this for so long. And, it, and when I go through those moments of appealing and I go to the Holy Spirit and I go to my brother, Jesus, and I look at him as if he, he was physically there, my brother. And I have this beautiful picture of him in my bedroom, smiling. And when I look at it, it so makes me feel so safe and comfortable that I truly know he is my way shower. He is my guide. So I am thankful. I am thankful for this reading. I'm thankful for this course. So I had to say that. I've been holding it in for quite a while. Thank you for allowing me to share that. I'm complete. Thank you so much, Paula. Thank you, Paula, so much. Me too. I mean... Thank you, Paula. Ah. Um, for me, Reclaiming Jesus, this course... Um, it was like that for me also in a way um, that it wasn't like earlier in my life when I studied this course, not just because the book was different, but because I was different. And in spite of my having grown up in the Protestant church, um, as I got into the New Age teachings that satisfied me more, and, you know, sometimes Jesus was in there on the wall with St. Germain, and they called him Sananda and different names like that. And that was fine. That was cool. But somehow, if I actually talked to another person about spirituality and that they were in a particular religion, I could always relate to the ones that were in the Eastern, um, Asian, New Age-type religions more I felt kind of threatened when people from certain sects of Christianity would come to my door and want to talk to me or give me give me booklets and and stuff and a neighbor that I had here that was seemed like he was always trying to save me 
And when I was in the freedom teachings, it's like um, I felt at a loss of what to say to him that would convince him that I was fine without saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you, brother, you know, or whatever, or the way he put it. Because he didn't put it like the way of this course, you know. So getting, getting back to this course for really forever, for really this year, um, but he has repurposed, redefined all seemingly of the important Christian symbols or words that I grew up with. Now I feel much more at peace with myself and at peace with those who call themselves Christians. Because in spite of my background of answering all those other things, well, because of that, I feel like I can understand people of other faiths and, and other sects and, and philosophies. But apparently, I am one of those people that where Jesus is the main, you know, the main teacher. And I love Jesus, and I love him more now than ever before. And I feel like I finally started to recognize his voice coming to me uh, since... I started studying this course, and I'm just so grateful to this course, to Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, and the entirety of God's Son, which, of course, is all of us and all of you, um, and my soul for for reaching out um, to accept and embrace these teachings. And Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Uh, thanks, Ida. Thanks, Paula. Thanks, Ida and Paul. I could really feel your love for Jesus coming through. Thank you. Hi, this is Paul again. But you know what I thought about what I said and what Ida said and, and what we're basically saying is, is that we love God. I fell back in love with God because Jesus is part of God. That's the Son they are one the Holy Spirit. That's what kept running through my head. I'm complete. Thanks, Paula. Yeah, thanks, Paula. Thanks, Paula, for your sweet voice and your love for Jesus. I'm complete. This is Lee for this. Um, for me, this reading seems to rotate around all that's included in paragraph two. We've repeatedly stated that one who has perfectly accepted the atonement for himself can heal the world. Indeed, he's already done so. Temptation may recur to others, but never to this one. He has become the risen Son of God. This is one who has perfectly accepted the atonement for himself, has become the risen Son of God. <clears throat> he has overcome death because he has accepted life. He has recognized himself as God created him, and in so doing, he has recognized all living things 
as part of him. There's now no limit on his power because it is the power of God. So has his name become the name of God. For he no longer sees himself as separate from him, as separate from God. I'm told in the Course that that defines and describes what any one of us who perfectly accepts the atonement for ourselves is um, lifted to and experiences as our own identity. That that lifting is so great that it literally can heal the world in line with the fact that I'm being told why I might lean on Jesus in my attempt to heal, I'm being told, obviously, Jesus is one such man who perfectly accepted the atonement for himself, was able to heal the world, became the risen Son of God, overcame death because he accepted life, recognized himself as God created him, recognized all living things as part of him, now had no limit on his power because it was the power of God, and whose name became the very name of God because he no longer saw himself as separate from God. The value, I'm told in this section, of recalling all that is to know that this is the the curriculum and the path that we're being set upon that in that movement toward that level of my mind's healing it's very helpful for me to realize there was one who came before who demonstrated the way who demonstrated that the world could be overcome in the sense that the mind's slumber into the ego's thought system could be dispelled by the full awaking of the mind. When Jesus awakened, he overcame the world. He overcame the dream of separation, the dream of fear. And if I can remember that having done so, he established for all time that the dream of separation and the dream of fear is not impenetrable. That there's a part of what my mind and each of our minds was designed to be, to know, to have and to share that accords with that waking. Because minds are joined and time is nothing, I can know that I could consider his achievement as close to me as though it happened yesterday, as though it were happening now and I'm in his company. Can I make it that real for me that as a man he demonstrated this is your humanity, this is your divinity. Accept it now as your own and be led in faith on this path to the healing and the correction of your mind and heart. That's the value of this section for me. And honestly, 
in my life, with my background, um, principally atheistic family, um, very lengthy period of agnosticism in my life, and no real uh, immersion in um, recognition or love of Jesus, and a great deal of um, distance between um, my sensibilities and those of most uh, Bible thumpers, there has remained this distance for me between the personage of Jesus, what he achieved and what he offers, all that's being offered through this section in terms of a transformation. That transformation I come more closely to every year, but I still feel that distance from my background. Paula, you really spoke to me in your share about about just this this course of development where we bring Jesus closer and closer to our hearts. For many of us, there's a lot to overcome in doing that. But this year, this reading, sitting with this today, and especially that idea of compressing the time so that it wasn't 2,000 years ago, how would I be impacted if it were yesterday? Now, as it is considered yesterday, can I bring it closer can I imagine myself in his presence during his lifetime and take the impact that would have on my um, on my inspiration and really assume that knowing that the time distance means nothing so lastly I, I just center on these first three sentences of paragraph three what does this mean to you? It means that in remembering Jesus, you are remembering God. The whole relationship of the Son to the Father lies in Him. What that's telling me is that the whole relationship, not only of the Sonship to the Father, but of myself to the Father, lies in what He both attained and demonstrated and um, actualized and he actualized it for each of us that's my great takeaway today thanks guys wow thanks Lee that was great thank you thank you thank you so much Lee This Reverend Rita Joy, and there's one thing that you said, Lee, that's, that just jumped out at me, and it said, because, because minds are joined and time is nothing, you know, and then you went on, but that, wow, yes, minds are joined and time is nothing. Look at six at the end when he said, um, then turn to one who laid all limits by and went beyond the farthest reach of learning he will take you with him for he did not go alone and you were with him then as you are now so minds are joined I, I you know in that sense I used to always think well minds are joined you know my my minds are joined my brother knows really you know there's no private thoughts and all that down here with my brother but minds are joined minds are joined I am joined with the mind of the 
of Jesus, the Christ, and minds are joined, and he said, and you were with him then, and you are now. And I am reminded of when Josie was with her mom on her deathbed, and she, on her mom's deathbed, and when, when she saw, I believe, I remember she said, Jesus said, I have her, saying, I have your mom, and oh, how beautiful. But then he said, I have you, and how beautiful was that? And then he turned, and all the people that were there, he said, I have them as well. And I I believe he's got us all, you know. <laughs> he has us. Minds are joined, and time is nothing. And any time I choose, I can... I can feel that unity, that union with Jesus. And then I know that I am one with love, which is my source and creator. And where is the separation? You know, it's, it's not. Uh, that is, thank you so much for bringing those words to that thought, to, 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 to allowing that concept or or allowing that experience of minds being joined and being at one with the Christ. Thank you, everyone. I'm complete. Thank you, Reverend Joy. Thank you, Reverend Regents. Thank you so much. Thank you, Reverend Regents. Hi, this is Fran. Um, one of the things I did this holiday season was I listened, because I drive so much, I got it on Audible. It was Resurrecting Jesus by Aja Shante. Absolutely beautiful. I listened to it for this whole season. It was great. Definitely recommend it. Thanks and complete. Um, hey, everyone, it's Chris. I'm not sure I can put this into words. Um, but I sense we're not alone on this call. Um, and with that said, we need to move on to 24. So, Mary, would you please read the title in 24, please? I mean, uh, paragraph one. 24. Yeah. Is, re- is reincarnation true? In the ultimate sense, Reincarnation is impossible. There is no past nor future, and the idea of birth into a body has no meaning, either once or many times. Reincarnation cannot, then, be true in any real sense. Our only question should be, quote, is the concept helpful? And that depends, of course, on what it is used for. If it is used to strengthen the recognition of the eternal nature of life, it is helpful indeed. Is any other question about it really useful in lightening up the way? In lighting up the way? Like many other beliefs, it can be bitterly misuse. At least such misuse offers preoccupation and perhaps pride in the past. At worst, 
it induce, induces inertia in the present. In between, many kinds of folly are possible. Thank you, Mary. Um, do we have new readers who've joined the call? Excuse me. Do we have... <laughs> trouble speaking to him right now. Um, any new people who've joined the call that would like to read one or two? Good morning, this is Anna. I can read. Thanks, Anna. Uh, uh, one and two? Yes, two please. And three. Okay. In the ultimate sense, reincarnation is impossible. There is no past nor future and the idea of birth into a body has no meaning either once or many times. Reincarnation cannot, then, be true in any real sense. Our only question should be, is this concept helpful? And that depends, of course, on what it is used for. If it is used to strengthen the recognition of, etern of the eternal nature of life, it is helpful indeed. Is any other question about it really useful in lighting up the way? Like many other beliefs, it can be bitterly misused. At least, such misuse offers preoccupation and, pride, and perhaps pride in the past. At worst, it induces inertia in the present. In between, many kinds of folly are possible. Number two, reincarnation would not, under any circumstances, be the problem to be dealt with now. If it were responsible for some of the difficulties the individual faces now, his task would still be only to escape from them now. If he is laying the groundwork for a future life, he can still work out his salvation only now. To some, there may be comfort in the concept, and if it heartens them, its value is self-evident. It is certain, however, that the way to salvation can be found by those who believe in... Re Let me read that again. It is certain, however, that the way to salvation can be found by those who believe in reincarnation and by those who do not. The idea cannot, therefore, be regarded as essential to the curriculum. There is always some risk in seeing the present in terms of the past. There is always some good in any thought which strengthens the idea that life and body are not the same. Thank you, Anna. So is there a new reader, someone who's joined the call, that would like to read two and three, please? All right, Josie, are you still here? Yes, I can read it. Okay. Two. Reincarnation would not, under any circumstances, be the problem to be dealt with now. If it were responsible for some of the difficulties the individual faces now, his task would still be only to escape from them now. 
if he is laying the groundwork for a future life, he can still work out his salvation only now. To some, there may be comfort in the concept, and if it heartens them, its value is self-evident. It is certain, however, that the way to salvation can be found by those who believe in reincarnation and by those who do not. The idea cannot, therefore, be regarded as essential to the curriculum. There is always some risk in seeing the present in terms of the past. There is always some good in any thought which strengthens the idea that life and the body are not the same. Three, for our purposes, it would not be helpful to take any definite stand on reincarnation. A teacher of God should be as helpful to those who believe in it as to those who do not. If a definite stand on it were required of him, it would merely limit his usefulness as well as his own decision-making. Our course is not concerned with any concept that is not acceptable to anyone, regardless of his formal beliefs. His ego will be enough for him to cope with, and it is not part of wisdom to add sectarian controversies to his burdens, nor would there be any advantage in his premature acceptance of the Course merely because it advocates a long-held belief of his own. Thank you, Josie. Reverend Regis, three and four, please. Okay, thank you. Three. For our purposes, it would not be helpful to take any definite stand on reincarnation. A teacher of God should be as helpful to those who believe in it as to those who do not. If a definite stand on it were required of him, it would merely limit his usefulness as well as his own decision-making. Our course is not concerned with any concept that is not acceptable to anyone, regardless of his formal beliefs. His ego will be enough for him to cope with, and it is not part of wisdom to add sectarian controversies to his burdens, nor would there be an advantage in his premature acceptance of the Course merely because it advocates a long-held belief of his own. 4. It cannot be too strongly emphasized that this Course aims at a complete reversal of thought. When this is finally accomplished, issues such as the validity of reincarnation become meaningless. Until then, they are likely to be merely controversial. The teacher of God is therefore wise to step away from all such questions, for he has much to teach and learn apart from them. He should both learn and teach that theoretical issues but waste time draining it away from its appointed purpose. If there are aspects to any concept or belief 
that will be helpful. He will be told about it. He will also be told how to use it. What more needs need he know? Thank you, Reverend Rija. Lee, four and five, please. It cannot be too strongly emphasized that this course aims at a complete reversal of thought. When this is finally accomplished, issues such as the validity of reincarnation become meaningless. Until then, they are likely to be merely controversial. The teacher of God is therefore wise to step away from all such questions, for he has much to teach and learn apart from them. He should both learn and teach that theoretical issues but waste time, draining it away from its appointed purpose. If there are aspects to any concept or belief that will be helpful, he will be told about it. He will also be told how to use it. What more need he know? 5. Does this mean that the teacher of God should not believe in reincarnation himself or discuss it with others who do? The answer is certainly not. If he does believe in reincarnation, it would be a mistake for him to renounce the belief unless his internal teacher so advised. And this is most unlikely. He might be advised that he is misusing the belief in some way which is detrimental to his pupil's advance or his own. Reinterpretation would then be recommended because it would be necessary. All that must be recognized, however, is that birth was not the beginning and death is not the end. Yet even this much is not required of the beginner. He need merely accept the idea that what he knows is not necessarily all there is to learn. His journey has begun. Thank you, Lee. Paula, five and six, please. Does this mean that the teacher of God should not believe in reincarnation himself or discuss it with others who do? The answer is certainly not. If he does believe in reincarnation, it would be a mistake for him to renounce the belief unless his internal teacher so advised. And this is most unlikely. He might be advised that he is misusing the belief in some way which is detrimental to his pupil's advance or his own. Reinterpretation would then be recommended because it would be necessary. All that must be recognized, however, is that birth was not the beginning and death is not the end. Yet even this much is not required of the beginner. He need merely accept the idea that what he knows is not necessarily all there is to learn. His journey has begun. 6. The emphasis of this course always remains the same. It is at this moment that complete salvation is offered you and it is at this moment that you can accept it. This is still your one responsibility. Atonement might be equated with total escape from the past and total lack of interest in the future. Heaven is here. I'm going to read that again. I like that. 
Atonement might be equated with total escape from the past and total lack of interest in the future. Heaven is here. Here is where nowhere else. There is nowhere else. There is nowhere else. Heaven is now. There is no other time. No teaching that does not lead to this is of concern to God's teachers. All beliefs will point to this if properly interpreted. In this sense, it can be said that their truth lies in their usefulness. All beliefs that lead to progress should be honored. This is the sole criterion this course requires. No more than this is necessary. Thank you, Paula. And I Okay. <clears throat> Six. The emphasis of this course always remains the same. It is at this moment that complete salvation is offered you. And it is at this moment that you can accept this. You can accept it. This is still your one responsibility. Atonement might be equated with total escape from the past and total lack of interest in the future. Heaven is here. There is nowhere else. Heaven is now. There is no other time. No teaching that does not lead to this is of concern to God's teachers. All beliefs will point to this if properly interpreted. In this sense, it can be said that their truth lies in their usefulness. All beliefs that lead to progress should be honored. This is the sole criterion this course requires. No more than this is necessary. Thank you, Ida. All beliefs that lead to progress should be honored. Amen. Lord, though. Well, Reverend <laughs> Regia, go ahead. How did you know? <laughs> I don't know. I heard your voice. <laughs> That's amazing. Can well, you name this tune in three seconds? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, just, uh, I just felt prompted just real quick to say that uh, it's so synchronistic that we are reading about reincarnation because I have opened once again to Ruth Montgomery and her work. It was back in the 80s that I became uh, aware of her material and all my books are so yellow and old. And But I'm revisiting. I'm one of her books, which I, I don't can't find my copy here and hereafter. I have it on order. is about reincarnation. But, but, oh, it's so beautiful because um, the, the, um, the main message, she has guides that she was in touch with. She did automatic writing, much like Paul Tuttle uh, did with Raj in the beginning. It was automatic. Uh, well, he wanted automatic writing, but he heard, him, heard Raj in his mind. Uh, but, um, but Ruth would sit at the typewriter. She was, she was actually a famous uh, Washington correspondent. I mean, she was, she was a famous uh, reporter for years, very political, you know. Uh, went to dinners at the White House and knew Lyndon B. Johnson and Nixon and, you know, just uh, had a, a huge life there. But then reported, began to report on the psychic and with diligence. She was very skeptical, but she, you know, just the facts, ma'am, the facts. And she 
reported what she learned. And uh, I just want to just uh, share, well, this isn't so quick, but uh, I just want to share what, uh, she had a, a friend who was a psychic, and he passed over. And he came to her afterwards to continue their friendship and their journey together, even though he was on the other side. And this is a quote from him, which I just resonate so completely. He said to her, oh, each person is a continuing entity through eternity, he wrote. No beginning and no ending, despite what some moralists say about life beginning with a physical birth as a baby and ending with Judgment Day. Bosh, he says. <laughs> he stressed, not, this isn't a quote, but he continued to stress that we are as much a part of God as God is part of us. And then, quote, since it takes all of us to make up the complete whole, it behooves each of us to concern ourselves mightily with others, for they are as necessary to us as our own arms and legs and eyes and ears, uh, unquote. I, I just, this just totally resonates with, the, with what the Course is saying to me. And um, that, uh, you know, reincarnation, it's our journey back, back to where we have never left. And that's what they say as well in what, what the guides came through to tell Ruth. Uh, so... I know that's just what I wanted to share. I thought it was synchronistic that I'm reopening up to her work. Uh, she she also wrote a world beyond that's um, about the afterworld when we leave our body, and the search for truth is about the psychic, all these psychic phenomena in uh, in total. So, um, just wanted to mention that. Thank you. Go ahead, Ida. Thank you, honey. <laughs> I'm complete. Okay. Thank you, Reverend Regis. That was great. Um, I'd heard of Ruth Montgomery when I was very young, but I never got into her work. Well, I was, I was born in Washington, D.C., lived nearby for a long time. Anyway, now what I was going to say is the emphasis in this lesson or this section about whether a particular belief is helpful, for me, I mirrored that in a sense. I think it was in 2.10. In 2.10, I had certain... I had a couple of precepts that I sort of repeated over and over that got me through that year, which in some ways was a very difficult year for me. But, um, And one of the ideas was basically, does this work for me? Not even whether it's true or not. Or, you know, I, you know, if I said it works for me, then that's fine. I embrace it. And... You know, an idea, a belief, a person or whatever. And if it didn't work for me, regardless of thinking about whether it was true or false, I didn't uh, run with it, you know. So that's uh, all I wanted to say. Thank you. I'm complete. Thanks, Thanks Ida. This is Lee, the... Um the paragraph that stands out for me in this is the final paragraph. The emphasis of this course always remains the same. It's at this moment that complete salvation is offered to you. And it's at this moment that you can accept it. Then he describes what accepting salvation in this moment which he equates with my full atonement, the full atonement of my mind, would be, he says, atonement might be equated with total escape from the past and total lack of interest in the future. 
So here I sit in the present moment, in the fullness of the present moment. And then he goes on to describe that experience as the experience of heaven. And we run across these four short sentences that are so well known. Heaven is here. There is nowhere else. Heaven is now. There is no other time. Can I really accept that? Can I really accept that on the other side of my mind's distortion could be the acceptance of heaven as present? with me always that heaven is always genuinely be present with me <clears throat> throughout every moment of my life heaven has been just on the other side of the mess the ego has made of my sense of time could I accept the fullness of each moment sufficiently to recognize that heaven is here and now that there's nowhere else and no other time that it was only the ego's distortion that separated me from the awareness of heaven as the experience that accords with my mind's healing Then his emphasis continues. He says, no teaching that does not lead to this is of concern to God's teachers. And all beliefs will point to this if properly interpreted. That's a really heavy emphasis. It's at this moment that complete salvation is offered me. The correction of my mind, the end of my confusion, is what this curriculum is all about. And this is as complete a description as I know of all that is offered if I were to accept the correction of my mind fully. Thanks, I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. Thanks, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. It's Josie. Boy, that's the first time I read that or saw that. And wow, that's that's certainly saying something. Thank you. Sherman, read to Joy. You know, I'm reminded where he says now is the only time there is. And he says it's the closest approximation to eternity that we have. And I think that's why I'm drawn to yoga, because yoga is, a, a, for me, it's a teaching of mindfulness. We're very mindful in the class and, the, you know, mindful of our breath and the moment of now and our bodies. And, um, I mean, it, I know it sounds silly to become mindful of an illusion, but no, it's our present awareness is what we become aware of, uh, truly. And, and so the only time is now, now. And I think it was in the Est, uh, Werner Earhart seminar training that I took as well in the 70s, that um, it, it was brought up that, you know, if you this, if you spend your now thinking of the past, actually it said it in the Course, you're not really thinking. <laughs> Nothing's going on, you know. And do you ever 
do you ever sit there and look off into the future and or, or off into the past, either one, and 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 you're not seeing anything. You're not even you're not even present. You're it's almost like daydreaming, dreaming, daydreaming. But you're not here now because you've let the past or the future intrude. And so it's a beautiful practice to let the past go, let the future go, be here now. <laughs> oh, wait, somebody said that once. Be here now. <laughs> Ramdas. Uh, he came to that very same dictum. Be here now, because now is the only time there is. You know, this. Uh, look at our lesson. This holy instant, what I give to you, be you in charge. This instant now, because we can string all the nails together like pearls. You know, for I would follow you certain that your direction gives me peace. So in each moment we can reconnect, reconnect, re, reestablish uh, the connection to truth and to the Christ. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Thank you, Reverend Thank you. I'm Thank you. Thank you. It's Lee. There's one other theme that stands out for me that he mentions three different times. The first is midway through the first paragraph when he says if the concept of reincarnation is used to strengthen the recognition of the eternal nature of life, it's helpful indeed. So he's stressing for me the validity of the eternal nature of life. Then at the very end of two, he says there's always some good in any thought which strengthens the idea that life and the body are not the same. In other words, for me, that life isn't limited to the span of the body's presence. And lastly, he says, toward the end of five, all that must be recognized, however, is that birth was not the beginning and death is not the end. So there again is that emphasis on the eternal nature of life. And that seems a really important concept that he's hitting on in this section. Thanks, I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. That's good. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. We hit the nail on the head as usual. <laughs> um, it seems like this group, including myself, don't have a lot of questions at this time. It's a cycle. You know, we're at the end, quote unquote, of this course for this year. I think our questions will come back <laughs> in other forms next year. And uh, I'm just honoring the present moment, which is all there is. Thank you, Uncle Feet. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you. Thanks, Ida. This is Josie. I, I, I'm, I'm laughing to myself because in six when he's saying 
Heaven is here. There's nowhere else. Heaven is now. There's no other time. Why, why am I living like I'm living somewhere else other than heaven? If, um, if heaven is here. It's just striking me funny in a way and also, you know, serious in a way that if, if heaven is here, where do I think I'm living when I'm acting these other ways and doing these other things, acting as if, you know, heaven is not here? Like, it just, I don't know, I guess I'm just real, realizing what it's saying there and connecting to it and, and laughing at myself for how... Um, where do I think I am? Where do I think I am? What do I think I'm doing? Um, so anyway, thank you. Complete. Thank you, Josie. Thanks, Josie. I'm reminded of the uh, the sentence in chapter two that says, "The end of the world is not its destruction, but its translation into heaven." The reinterpretation of the world is the transfer of all perception to knowledge. I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. Well, Reverend Rita, what do you say? Shall we pray? Mm-hmm. Yes, sounds good. Thank you, Chris. Okay, we'll uh, join one another in closing our eyes. And becoming still for a few moments, opening our hearts and minds to the loving thoughts of God. We've come together to learn or to remember what we already know, to uncover what is already there, to remove the blocks to love's awareness. And today, we are studying the manual for teachers of A Course in Miracles, and there was a question, does Jesus have a special plan in healing? In this uh, world of seeming separation, there is a need of healing. And I learned today, the help I need comes in the form of a Savior, quote, who can symbolize himself, unquote. I learned there is in this world the need for a, quote, many-faceted curriculum, not because of content differences, but because symbols must shift and change to suit the need, unquote. And there's the word symbol again. These symbols must shift and change to suit the need. Might this be the special plan of Jesus for me, that if I choose... He become for me the symbol of himself, a symbol who, quote, stands for love that is not of this world, a symbol that can safely be used as a replacement for the many names of all the gods you pray to. It becomes the shining symbol for the word of God, unquote. Is this the special plan in healing? Could his plan be to become this symbol for the word of God and yet not outside ourselves? Jesus has come to answer my prayer for healing. For I am told, quote, in him you find God's answer, unquote. 
He has transcended limitation since he has transcended the body. What does this mean to me? I know that he transcended the body and is unlimited. Have I truly realized what this means to me? Would this mean he's always with me? Have I realized that he is the vision in which I see myself and my brothers as whole and complete and one with our Creator? And do I believe what you have told me? Quote, To you he looks for hope because in you he sees no limit and no stain to mar your beautiful perfection. In his eyes, Christ's vision shines in perfect constancy. He will take you with him. For he did not go alone. And you were with him then as you are now. Unquote. And so we pray. Father, Mother, God. Today I accept that you are with me. As I accept your perfect son. Who is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Your perfect son, Jesus. asks that I teach with him. He asks that I teach myself and my brother to see one another through his eyes, through the eyes of Christ, for that is how you see me. Once I open to this and acknowledge this and receive this gift, I can turn and give this same gift to my brother, for I am now your emissary of light. For you have told me, quote, in him you find God's answer. Do you then teach with him? For he is with you. He is always here unquote and so it is amen 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 thank you Reverend Regis that was absolutely beautiful thank you thank you yes it was thank you thank you thank Thank you you very much